Good morning. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing great myself. Oh, stop. Really? Yeah. Good. So today... What are you doing so great about? Today the Buccaneers are playing in Germany. Is that true? Yeah, the Buccaneers and the uh, Seahawks. Germany? I know we play yeah. a game every every in London. Now we're doing Germany? Yeah, have it. hey, we're going back to the shoes and snail. Dunkoff, let's believe in the Flederhausen. Let's believe in the Flederhausen. Touchdown. <laughs> we are certainly working. We mean uh, the American NFL to globalize this NFL thing. Huh? We've been in London for a couple of years, haven't we? For a, for a game every year, a couple of weeks. It's been a yeah, few so years we've been going to London. Now we're in Germany. But you know what? From from uh, England, they could go, could have gone to Portugal first. And then Spain, then Italy, then Germany. What the heck? I don't get it. So you're doing like the pro-Portugal thing. How about the Azores? Uh, Can you fit a football field on the Azores? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over, over my grandfather's uh, field. Old field, yeah, with the, with the rocks and the boulders. Like the, the cows. So um, like I, I know the I haven't been to the Azores, as you know, but it seems like a small place and... Stadiums are big things. My grandfather had two cows and a donkey. He used to be like a self-sufficient farmer, right? But sometimes Hold on a second. Two cows and a donkey, and he was self-sufficient with that? Well, he was a self-sufficient farmer, yeah. That's impressive. So sometimes he had to take the, the cows somewhere to, to one of his fields so they could eat grass because, you know, you didn't have hay all the time for the... And um, one time I was with him, and his dog, he had this really cool dog, the cows were over to the field next to us, to his, and they're trying to eat the corn. They're reaching over the fence to eat the corn, right? Right. So my grandfather called the, the cow by name that was eating the corn, and the dog went chasing the cow and, and barked and got her away from the corn. Oh. The dog knew the cow's names. Amazing, huh? Were you there for this? Did you witness this firsthand? Yes, I was there when it happened, yeah, several times. Wow. Like your grandfather, two cows and a donkey. Chickens, you got any eggs over there? Sometimes when those guys were there, would uh, ride the donkeys, you know, to go to work or whatever. But then after on the way home, they felt bad for the donkey because, you know, it's a long trip and, uh, you know. So after a while, so they would jump, jump off the donkey and they would walk the donkey for a while to give it a break. So um, it's not going to sound right in, in English, but in Portuguese, they would, they would say, if you have a donkey and you're walking, you're the donkey. How would you say that in Portuguese? In other words, if you have a if you have a jackass and you're walking, then you are the jackass. Something like that, you know. <laughs> well, that's very, but, applicable. very who knew, applicable. Who knew that that little story would end up in a podcast like this? It's crazy. You never know. You never know what's showing up in the no hissy fit zone. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. I was. I just. I just decided a few minutes ago that uh, starting next week on the podcast, you will no longer see this background. Yeah. Because it's time for me to start living in my new house, which is all done. Kitchen. Well, hold on, bath. Let me take Let a picture. Through. Let me take a picture. You better take a picture. Let me get out of the way. Hold on. <laughs> okay. 
that's too funny. <laughs> but I'm thinking next week, so you get to pick. I got a new kit, a new bathroom, I got a new laundry room. Which room should I do the podcast from? I think we should clean up in the laundry room. It's a small space. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking kitchen. So they're gonna be done next week? It's kind of done now. There's a lot of cleaning I gotta do. And then there's a lot of like it's been a little interesting, uh, which is a better word than frustrating, because I'm so not psyched about all the stuff that got done because I'm so focused. Like my dining room was full of junk that came out of the original kitchen for those guys to get in there and work, and then the living room got full of stuff. And for me to get like a cleaning company in there to do like a post-construction deep clean, I got to move all this crap out before I can even have them in. So I finally did the dining room. The living room's full of stuff, and I got empty boxes. Thank God for the liquor stores with the empty boxes. All the you know every time we got to move or put, I go in there, I got four or eight boxes. So this afternoon, I'm going to be cleaning out the entire living room. There's a rug on the floor. We're going to throw that away. Um, just to get it cleaned out enough to get a cleaning company in. But the laundry room works, and so I can start doing laundry. Like, oh, there's dust everywhere. So bedding, i got to do all that. So next me, week's podcast, I'll be there. Now you're making me, you're making me think here. If you go to the liquor store to get eight boxes, when you bring them home, are they heavier than they are when you... <clears throat> <clears throat> Is there something in them when you get them? Oh, no. No. Oh, no. That's a nice service they do. So they empty everything comes in the boxes, and they put and then they have the empty boxes, and they just lay them, over, put them over by the exit door. So if anybody needs boxes, they just take them. Yeah, I used to do that. I used to go to the grocery stores and get boxes or something. Grocery store, yeah. Probably the grocery store get the big banana case, but there's a big hole in the bottom because the cardboard comes together and they leave a hole like this big. I can't have that for my stuff. It's gonna oh, fall out. Can't do it. I didn't mean to say that you should use that box. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> Funny well, thing about a 110-year-old house, though, so it's all done. The bathroom door, which used to be a closet, I had to sand off the back because from the inside of the bathroom, which is kind of white, that trim and the inside of the door needs to be white. So I had to sand the whole thing down, 110-year-old door with all the yeah. varnish off of that, and then prime it, and then paint it. I think it was five coats of paint to cover it. I get it all done. The builder screws it back in. We're good. I go inside the bathroom. I close the door. I got a gap this big at the top where the door is supposed to close and the gap at the bottom. It's a little off kilter. I and mean, there's not a right angle in the place. It's 110 years old. So the door to the basement, which is actually the door to the music studio, is the exact same door. I measured it. So I think I have to pull that door off sand all back down, prime and paint all that, and swap that for the bathroom door. So that when someone's in the bathroom, they have closed door and you can't out. Wow, so 110 years. How many times do you think that that door swing back and forth? Good question. Don't you have a hundreds, hundreds of thousands. Now, wait a minute. Let's figure this wait out. Oh, let's figure this out. All right. So, so actually, uh, for a lot of years, it was a closet door, not a bathroom door. It was only it's it's been a bathroom door for a week. So for 110 years, for 109 years and 51 weeks, it's been a closet door. Those don't get open and shut too often. I'm going to subtract 2,200 uh, swings in a door. You're subtracting 2,200. Yeah. From what? It wasn't a bathroom door. You can't use it all. 
No, that's my suggestion. So as a closet door, I probably opened it once a week. Look at this now. Oh no, what do we got there? Somehow. Who's that? It's me. That's <laughs> when I was a kid, back in the, in the age, I was like a, looked like, like a red-headed freckled kid, didn't I? You do look like a red-headed freckled Portuguese-speaking kid. I can't wow. even tell you don't speak English in that picture. Well, he's good. You know, he's good. What, are you about 11 years old there? No, because I came over when I was 10, so it was before that. But I looked, I looked old for my, for my age. You looked old for your That's right. You never got carded anywhere at nine. <laughs> so maybe you're nine years old. So that's about third grade, I'm guessing. So um, there's only four years that you went to school. Like uh, public school was four years. Four years. Yeah. Okay. But you went to school Saturday and you went to school from seven in the morning to five at night. I mean, you, you learned a lot in those four years. How many times a week did you go for four years? Like seven days a week? No, six weeks, six days a week. Six days a week. So um, I learned a lot in those four years. Now, here's the deal. This is it's going to be interesting for you. So uh, fourth grade was all we had. That was public school. After that, you had to go pay, pay to go to college if you want to go to college, right? So um, when we were coming to America and we had to go to the next island, San Miguel, to get uh, the paperwork and the green card and all that stuff. Um, I missed the, uh, the the exam because there's two exams. There was one that was verbal and one that was oral. Like the SATs. Not verbal and oral. Um, written. Yeah. In, in yeah. So now we went to the to the other island to get all the paperwork. When we came back, the teacher's knocking on our door. My teacher saying, "Hey, uh, I, I know you guys are going to America, but the Tony has to go uh, do his exam, his final exam, because he has to have that degree." whatever you call it, diploma or whatever. Fourth, fourth grade, fourth grade degree yeah. she to, come like, to, America, to come to America. So my father says, well, we can't do it because we're leaving to, tomorrow. We're leaving to America. He goes, well, what time are you guys leaving? Said, oh, in the afternoon, he goes, well, sh he can come to the school in the morning and do the verbal test so he, so, so he can have that degree that he passed, you know? And I don't know why that was important because... It was to her. For her, yeah. I bet... Uh... So I had to walk. We had to walk forty-five minutes. To school. Main Street, Main Street School in Hudson probably didn't care. No. So uh, I had to walk forty-five minutes or so to, to go to the school to do the verbal thing and then walk home. And it, she was so the happy. The day you're leaving for America, you're going to take a test at school. Yeah. So this was, was funny. When I came to America, we came in the summer, and then we they said, whoa, "Whoa, whoa, where's your test results?" I don't know. I passed. That's all I know. So. Um, we, my cousin went to it with us to go to the registers at the school. So they asked him, what grade is he in? You know, and I, of course, because both of them only had fourth grade, so I couldn't say I'm going, I'm, I'm going to, you know, fifth grade because we didn't have that. So I said fourth grade. So they signed me up for the fourth grade. So now I go to school, didn't speak a word of English. And the teacher's trying to get everybody lined up with the alphabetical or whatever. I don't know what the heck she was doing, but. You know, I, when it was my turn to you go walk to, into public elementary school, fourth grade, and you don't speak a word of English. Right. <clears throat> so the teacher's talking to, to me, and then she's calling people up by name, but she's called my name, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So now she's telling me to go to that, that second, the chair that's open. I know what she was saying. Everybody's laughing because I wasn't paying attention or wasn't right. doing it. You, 
probably were paying attention. You just didn't speak the language. So then uh, probably three months later, I found out that there's two sisters in that class who were Portuguese and they spoke Portuguese, you know, very well and never, never tried to help me. They just, I guess they were embarrassed about it. I'm not, I'm not sure what happened. And they spoke English. They spoke English and Portuguese. Yeah. Were they, did, were they from Hudson? So they grew up in Hudson and they grew up in a bilingual home. I don't know. I think they came over uh, younger, so they already spoke English. But they didn't help me out, so. So they weren't your friends. This is fourth grade. Well, they're friends now, but uh, it took a while for me to let them in, if you know what I mean. (laughs) We can have a little talk. So one time when I was up there at the the turkey jam, you know, after Thanksgiving with the Bedford's. Yes, two weeks from last night I'll be those two sisters were came up to me and they said, "Hey, Tony Cabral, how you doing?" I says, "Good." And I'm looking People at. I spoke to them in Portuguese and said, "I don't speak English yet. You never helped me." No, no, but uh, I I could see their faces. I, I knew who they were, but I couldn't really put it in place. I, so I said, "They said you don't know who we are." I says, "Yeah, I do. You two Portuguese girls from Hudson." You know, I don't know. <laughs> the only two. <laughs> it was funny. Well, plus you were the star because they were seeing you up on stage doing your thing. So they were a little starstruck by you. And they're probably thinking, man, we should have helped him in the fourth grade. We could have been riding these coattails. Yeah, this whole thing with autographs. I didn't have time for that. All right. So, so you started school probably like early September, right? Yeah. Do you have any rele- recollection of like how, because you were submerged in terms of English. Uh, that's not the right word. What's the uh yeah, submersion. What do they call that? I think that's right. That's close. How long was it before you were able, were you conversational English? Do you remember getting there? I don't know exactly, but I, you know, it, it doesn't take long to, to learn a few things. Yeah. I mean, by imagine three months later, September, October, November, Thanksgiving, because you had to learn about Thanksgiving. That's an American deal. Christmas. But by then you were kind of talking yeah, to kids at school and understanding stuff, the teacher. Yeah. And then in Hudson, there's a, a school immersion, called, not submersion, immersion. Immersion, yeah. So in Hudson, there's a school called JFK, which is a. Heard of him. Most of my friends, the Portuguese friends, were going to that school because they, they lived in the in the other side of Hudson. And Elementary was, school. And they even had a, a a home home homeroom teacher that was Portuguese, you know. So they kind of and they learned some stuff. But the school I went to. They didn't have that, so I had to learn the old, the old-fashioned way by, uh, you know. So, uh, <laughs> and I had some friends from school there, you know, American friends that, uh, we, you know, they taught me a lot of English, even after school and stuff. So one day, this I don't know how many months ago, but it was a few months later. One time we were in Moulton's Field. It was a place where we watched the guys playing softball. Yeah. I'm talking to my friends. There's probably six or seven of them, my Portuguese buddies. They went to the other school. I says, you know, I'm having a, a strange thing happening in my life. They said, what's going on? I says, I'm starting to think in English. And they all laughed at me because they thought I was stupid. I says, no, I'm serious. They said, what do you mean? You don't think in English? I says, yeah, because I've been learning English and I'm starting to think in English. They thought I was crazy. In other words, you would think of something. You wouldn't think about it in Portuguese and translate it. You would think it in English. Yeah, I was start, starting to do that. Yeah, not totally 100%, but started to think in English. They were laughing at me, but you were aware of it. But the the truth of that whole story is that I learned English before they did because of that. Yeah. I was going to a school where there was no uh, Portuguese kids. Uh, 
to, to speak of. Immersion. 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 That was an immersion. That was an emergency for my immersion. So you got me thinking, JFK, can you imagine how many John F. Kennedy elementary schools there are in America? Oh, I passed one yesterday. I was out in the Springfield area on a work appointment, and I passed a John F. Kennedy, I think it was a middle school. But can you imagine how many John F. Kennedy schools there are in America? 36,482. I'll double check you on the Google machine. Yeah, John but... F. Kennedy elementary schools. What's going to come up here? Here's what I found. Pardon me for one moment. Yes. This is going to be worth it. John F. Kennedy Elementary School, Franklin, Canton, Somerville. Jim, well, I guess it's not going to be worth it. There's a lot. Yeah, we don't have that much time. <laughs> I'm curious about that. I bet there's a way to find that out for oh, Blackstone. I'm surprised that the woke woke generation hasn't uh, asked to change those names too, because they they're changing all the all kinds of stuff. Yeah, JFK is probably one of those last ones, probably. Yeah. Wow! Wow! Look at that. Now be be nice because I'll I'll pull up my uh, crybaby if if you know if you don't behave. I'm pulling the crybaby. Not two weeks in a row. We need a little break for the crybaby. So I can remember my seventh grade social studies teacher, Mr. Ehrlich. Man, this guy good and he just kept us captivated the way he kind of taught the class and stuff we covered we did we did like a deep dive on the jfk assassination and of course you know when you think about this this is seventh grade so i guess that makes you about 13 right 12 or 13 so now we're talking 63 to 75 76 so it's only been a dozen years since he was assassinated Wow. And we're doing this deep dive and the whole thing about Dealey Plaza and Dallas and following the limousine and why was the top down. And then, of course, there was a whole, you know, was there an, a second or a third shooter? And we did. And I was fascinated by this whole thing. It was very interesting. So what year did he? Uh, did he, did he... he was assassinated in 63. 63. OK. So Terry tells 63, me. 63, November 22nd, 1963. I was alive for it. But Terry tells me that in the in Lisbon, Portugal, her aunts and her family were crying when he when he was assassinated because they, they loved the John F. Kennedy. It was, um, it was a different different time politically, you know, obviously almost 60 years ago in the world, but the country and he had represented he was this young, good looking guy, first Catholic president, and he represented this new era where politics was going. And I think when that happened, it destroyed, it really uh, destroyed a lot of dreams. And, I, and there were people, you know, interesting. Just, and I, I think, I think that um, he had done something that made it easier for people to come from other countries, you know, with, with the proper paperwork legally. <laughs> oh, I never asked you about your legal status, but I'm, you know, I'm assuming you're an outstanding citizen. I'm assuming that you're Oh yeah, it, it took us. You have to have somebody that's already in, in the states back then, and they would write a letter of. Uh, I don't even know what the right word oh, is. And then you have, to, up you. you have to go through all kinds of hoops and stuff, and it was expensive to do that too. Mm -hmm. To get the proper paperwork to come over legally. And your whole family came at once. Yeah, we all came at once. Yeah. And how many was that? Well, six kids and two parents. So Maria was there. 
my favorite podcast viewer. <laughs> yes, that's right. She was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, huh? Must be interesting. I would be curious to talk to your siblings about their memories of that. Wow. You were nine? I was 10. 10. And where were you in the order of those six kids? Uh, A lot of kids. I got three, three older, three older than me and two younger than me. But I was definitely the cutest out of all of them. Well, the picture shows that. Plus, you passed your verbal exam at the Portuguese school, so you, so you could leave. And they all have a good—they all have a good sense of humor. But I, I think I'm the funniest, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm the funniest, but looks aren't everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we're just talking about I'm still sick, if you can imagine. We got a text message from uh, John F. Kennedy School. Did you? <laughs> um. So 112263. So this is interesting. I got a good friend of mine named Steve who is a writer and reads a lot of books. And I try to do a lot of reading. And I, I read a lot of nonfiction and business and development and all that stuff. But I try to read fiction too, just to kind of keep it rolling. Yeah. So Steve, but I, I get in the I call Steve and I say, Steve, how many books did you read last year? He's like 28. He keeps your record. I go, what was your favorite book? And he tells me, and I go get that book. <laughs> And it served me really well a couple of years in a row. I just started doing this a few years ago. He's given me some beauties. But one of them was a book. And I think I might have talked about it on here a long time ago. 11-22-63. And that was the name of the book, you know, with the, the, the date, which was the JFK assassination day. And this is a book written by Stephen King. And it's not a horror book at all. It was, it's, it's amazing. So there's a little bit of a time travel piece in this. But the premise is... This guy figures out, and he's a school teacher, and there's a shorter cook at a little diner in town. He develops the characters really well. And this guy accidentally figures out that there's like a time tunnel in his diner to go back to 1963 or two. And so he he's going back and forth, and his concept is, I want to the JFK assassination because he was such a good man. Our country would be better off 50 years later had he not been assassinated. And it was cool. It was, a, I mean, the book's about this big, but it's a great read. And then I found out it was like an eight series, eight episode Netflix series by the same title, 1122. Really worth checking into. Wow. It was good. You know, we used to read a lot, you know, when we were coming up and stuff. But the last uh, few years, I don't read much at all because my eyesight is really gone. And uh, this month, I'm going to go get my first, my right eye is going to get cataract surgery. That's two weeks from tomorrow, Monday, the 28th. Allow me to remind you of your medical appointments. Thank you. I started quoting you your dates for your surgeries, then you know we're good friends. <laughs> but that's exciting. You're going to, I mean, I, I, the, my understanding of this is that it's like miraculous immediately. Yeah, that's, that's what they tell me. My mother had that hers done, right? So the, when she went to do the second eye. Well, I know she did because she flipped that bottle so beautifully. She couldn't have done that with that eyesight. But you know what happened? Uh, when she got home, she says to my brother, hey, who's over here painting the walls when I was at the hospital? Or whatever. He said, nobody's painting the walls. She says, yeah, everything's a different color. Because she couldn't really see the walls before that. Well, right. it's crazy. Right. 
And and my sister Maria had both eyes done when I was up there for. Uh, Maria did. She had both eyes. She says, Tony, it's it's amazing. You, you're gonna love it. So Maria sees the podcast better now than she. That's nice. Oh. That's good to hear. Good to hear. Thank you. But what happens with her is uh, her ah. her left eye is the one that's really strong now, and you're on the left side of the screen. That's why she likes you better than me. That's it's the only thing I think I can figure. Is your Christmas? She's got good taste, you know. Whatever it might be, could be a couple things there. Your 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 crystal. What do you call it? Uh, what is this? What is this? This is my new kitchen next week. Oh, what what you see is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting because your eyesight gets degraded just a little bit every day to the point where it's just you're it's just normal. Like your mom suddenly was like, "Look at these walls," and so that's going to be your experience. Yeah. You must be kind of excited about this. Yeah, even now, I don't even appreciate mirrors anymore because I used to look at the mirror and say, ooh, look at me. Wow, look at that. And, and now it's like, yeah, that's all right. I look at the mirror and say, Terry, have you, have, you, have you watched this? Have you cleaned this mirror? It seems like it's all foggy. What's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> and you're getting one eye done, and then how much time before the other one? Uh, December oh. 12th, I think, or something like that. So right there. So in a month, you'll have them both done. They don't do both together? That's well, not something that gets done? They can't do that. So what I understand, you go there, the, the total surgery process is like 10 minutes. Right. And they probably put a patch on you because they have to limit the light or something, and then they start to take it off. And they, they, have like, they have like a, a clear plastic thing that I, I guess you can see through it, but you're not supposed to have the, the eye. Uh... Well, I'm looking forward to that podcast. Oh, baby. I should do it. I think we'll both wear eye patches. Wow. I got to go through this together. I'm there for you. Well, I'm counting on you. Which eye is it in two weeks? The right one. Okay, I got to make sure I cover the right one. And so the following Saturday, you're talking like December 2nd or I don't know what that is, 3rd. Okay. And then in the month of December, the other one's done. So by New Year's, you're like a new person. So one of Terry's uncles did cataract surgery but for some reason it didn't work now he has to do he had to do uh retina surgery oh so now he's like a similar quick 10 minute procedure he's got that thing like uh like a pirate thing to cover the eye mm -hmm. we're visiting him over there and he had the the, the patch over here on the on the cheek cheekbone right and so, so what's that for he says well protect the eyes well that's not protecting the eyes protecting your cheekbone put it on you know protect your eye he's like it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, you're not in the COVID mask. I mean, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Too much. I'm just, I'm experiencing this from your perspective. Like, this is going to be incredible for you. Yeah, and then uh, you really shouldn't do a podcast in your new kitchen until I have the uh, the eye. So you can see it. I can see it. You know, I want to yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, I understand. I do. I do, yeah. <laughs> what I might do is be in the kitchen, but set up with just a big sheet backdrop. You know what and, then we'll do like the, and then we'll do the, like the reveal. I'll push a button and the sheet will drop. So the, the room that you're in now, is that a kitchen room or is, what's that? This is a kitchen. So where's your coffee? I haven't seen you with coffee in a while. Well, you know what? I had coffee earlier. And now it's empty and clean we're kind of close there and i just wasn't feeling a second cup of coffee also when we're done here i'm going to pick up 
uh, Sean and Elsie, my niece and nephew, were going out to breakfast this morning. You know what? So I like that. You, you, you take them for, for breakfast often. That's awesome. Yeah, we do a lunch or a dinner or a breakfast every two weeks. One time in their lives, they're juniors and seniors in high school. Uncle Mike, Uncle Mike, tell us a story. Uncle Mike, tell us a story. Come on, Uncle Mike, tell us a story. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I had I had a busy, crazy work day yesterday, and Elsie had texted me saying, well, do you mind getting us at like 1230 instead of 12, because I want to volunteer doing something, which I haven't heard. And I said, I, I got to work all day. Let's, have, let's do breakfast on Sunday. So we got an overcast, rainy day. I'm going to go pick them up. We'll go to breakfast. I'll hear about whatever she was volunteering for. Quite a kid. Kid. She's quite a young adult. How old are they? She's 16 and 18. And uh, 11th and 12th grade. So um, the parents are both both uh, living? No. So uh, their father, they live with their dad. Their mom was my sister, who died nine years ago. Oh, I, oh I, I didn't see that. Well, they only had one sibling, and this is my niece and nephew. For those are my sister's kids, which makes it even more special that we get to do this. You know. I know. Wow. So yeah, they were God. They were seven and nine when my sister died, or seven and nine when my when their mother died. Imagine that. Like I was fifty-five when my mother died. I think about that. Like I had her a long time. What's her name? Jenny. Uh, Elsie and Sean are my niece and nephew. Oh, your sister. Betsy. Betsy, that's what, yeah, yeah, Betsy, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Betsy, it's funny you bring that up. I was just talking about, well, this is, this might be a, this is a big topic. We do, we'll do this next time. I had one of my clients, uh, Rockland Trust Bank, I do some speaking to them and some presentations. We talked about this briefly, but maybe we'll do a deeper dive next week because uh, there's a lot to this, but they asked me to present on grief. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I remember joking, like, you know, as a motivational speaker, I don't get asked to speak about grief very often. But as Richard Branson always said, when offered an opportunity, say yes, and then figure it out. So I said, absolutely, I can present that grief. And I started to do a really deep dive to research because the presentation was a couple of weeks ago. In fact, it was the day before Sean and Kate got married. Sean, my nephew, Sean, is one Sean, but Lynn's son, Sean, uh, and same spelling got matters. So it was just a few weeks ago. But the, the research I was doing for this and, the, and my own personal experience of grief through research and grief to present it was incredibly powerful. And I don't want to rush it because there's some really cool stuff, but my sister came up a lot through this whole, it's been nine years, but it, it came up a lot through this research about grief also, it had just been the ninth anniversary of her death three days before this presentation. So there was a lot going on, and it was really powerful. And um, I don't want to rush it here, but well, let me look at our time. You know, I keep time. Yeah, it's oh, boy, we're, we're we're at 31 minutes. Yeah, that's good. So uh, I remember that uh, you were asking me about you were speaking on that grief. So is there such thing as a good joke to open up with a grief talk? <laughs> I and, think we uh, both agree. No. Well, I, I could have come up with some, but I just didn't want to because it, I didn't want to get you in trouble. Well, I would like you to because um, they've asked me to kind of present on this kind of again. And I, was, I said, this is powerful information. People need to hear about this. I mean, just quickly, the whole, you know, there's not, there's, I don't think there's a more universal emotion than grief. It's something we all experience and live. And ironically, the older we get, the more we experience it. But no one's talking about it. 
And let me promise, this needs to be discussed. This needs to be talked about. It's amazing. And so I impressed that upon them. Like, Let's do this again in February or March. So you've got a couple of months to come up with a joke. So anyway, uh, I probably won't do a brief joke, but it, uh, my, uh, I put a thing on, on Facebook the other day that I was looking to find a new home for the for this dog. You know, because uh, so now people are saying, hey, tell me about the dog. says, well, just let me know when you want to come and get it because I have to make sure that the, the neighbors aren't home. I have to jump over the fence to get it. <laughs> hmm. Do you have a dog or have you ever had a dog? Um, I've never been a dog person. We had a dog growing up for a very short time. We were kind of a cat family and cats are just easy, you know. My lifestyle definitely does not support dog ownership because I'm just always on the run and moving. But um, And I'm not a dog person, but I... There's a little part of me that thinks like it'd be fun to be a dog person if I had the time and the lifestyle around taking care of a dog. It's a big commitment. Yeah. So uh, my neighbor next door, his wife passed away. He, he, has, he had a dog, right? And the dog was awesome. It was like a a Doberman. Um, oh, what's what's the lassie? What's the, what type of dog is a lassie? Collie. Oh, so it was, a, it was a mix of the two, the Collie and, and the Doberman. Collie and a Doberman. So one time I come home, came home from the store and I had a couple cases of water in the back seat, in the middle of the back seat. So I had to reach into the car and so my half of my body was in the car. And all of a sudden I feel something on my rear end. It was, it was a dog. And when I saw the dog, it looked like a Doberman. So I said, what the heck? And I hit my head on the ceiling of the car. Anyway, the dog was awesome, really awesome. And... Uh, his wife passed away. So then uh, after a while, he was alone. And after a while, he um, started dating somebody. So he was going to his girlfriend's house. And he was staying there at night. And from our house, you know, we're driving next door. We could hear the dog crying all night long. Oh, because he left the dog home, yeah? Yeah, because the dog was always, you know, before that, his wife was always home. So the dog was never alone. Right. And it was so... So hard, it's like... Yeah, right. I mean, it's a commitment. And if your lifestyle doesn't support dog ownership, then you probably shouldn't do it. So one day, we could actually hear that from our house, we could hear the dog crying. Oh. So one day I went outside and I had my, my phone, and I, I clicked on the recorder thing, and I listened to the dog crying, and I recorded it. So the next and sent I, it to your neighbor? Well, that's when I saw something, I said, hey, can I show you something? He goes, yeah, what's up? I says, well, I want you to hit, hit, listen to this. And I looked at the recording, I listen, I'm playing it for him. He goes, what the heck is that? He says, that's Buddy crying when you're not home. He does that every night. And sometimes it goes on most of the night. He says, what? So I just want you to know that because I know that you don't know. You're not here, but it's really heartbreaking. And it's, it's, wow. Wow, that must have really been uh, it was, impactful it was, for him. It was tough on him, yeah. And then uh, after that, the dog uh, actually passed away. He got sick and passed away, but uh, crazy. Wow. Let's wrap this up before Zoom wraps us. We're over 35 minutes. What do you got going on today? Open house, selling some real estate? No, I did the open house yesterday. Um, today, uh, Terry um, is moving out of the office that she was renting. So I got to go get some stuff out of there. Some moving around, good. And uh, I'm, not the best, I, I'm not the best furniture mover guy anymore. I used better to. Than nothing. You're better than nothing. Well, I don't know. 
That's up for her to decide. Ask her five hours from now. Hey, was that better than nothing? Nope. <laughs> and right now, the, the, the Buccaneers are playing. They're starting at 930. I got to see if I can catch the game. I'm not sure. Germany, yeah. Cool. I got to go find a breakfast place. <laughs> I told you about the guy that worked with me, with, with us at the Data General in Southborough. I think I told you this story. Uh, every time the, the, some of the ladies there that uh, knew everybody's birthday, they must have got it from, from uh, personnel or something. Yeah. Whenever somebody's birthday, they all get together and they buy cake and uh, during the break time. Oh, nice. They sing happy birthday and we have all have cake. So we had a German guy that was working there. I think his name was Hans or something like that. So um, they said, hey, we got to get a, a, a cake for, for Hans. So oh, yeah. So, you know, we all chipped in. I says, hey, why don't we just why, why don't we uh, sing happy birthday in German? That'll make him feel welcome, you know. And he said, well, nice, yeah. I'm from Europe. I can show you how to do it. So now, I actually wrote it down. You know the happy happy birthday song in German. Oh, you did. And I made copies. I said, everybody, we have to rehearse it a couple of times so it sounds good. We don't want to read it. We want to be able to sing it. And then during the time, hey Hans, come here. So he comes over to the break room, and we all started singing. I've been Schleder, Duncan Zider. I've been Schleder, Duncan Zider. I've been Schleder, Fraulein Hans. I've been Schleder, Duncan Zider, right? You remember this. That's hysterical. So he, well, he, so he's looking at everybody like crazy. So one of the ladies says, hey, what do you think about that? We sang that in Germany. He goes, that was not German. <laughs> so everybody looked at me and says, well, it sounded German to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just made up those, those, uh, those words. <laughs> but then afterwards, when he realized that when I told him the story that I made up the words, he goes, you are a funny guy, Tony. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're going to go take that listening ear and go listen to the Buccaneers broadcast in German. That's going to be interesting. Ouch. Wow. So you didn't catch the, the last Buccaneers game, did you? I did not. So they played the Rams. Remember the last year the Rams for the uh, Super Bowl? The Rams mm -hmm. got them right at the last second, right? So the Buccaneers were, were playing, but they weren't playing that well. And Thomas was doing some great throws, but some of the guys weren't catching the balls. Whatever, I don't know whose fault it is. But anyway, it was 44 seconds left, and we have to have to go 65 yards to score to win. And Brady pulled it off, man. It was amazing. Hey, buddy, can it's him? Yeah, you know how he goes. I think where he throws to the sideline so that the guys would go out of the sideline and then yeah. they stop yeah. the clock. And then he threw one, um, maybe from the 10 yard, threw one into a guy, one of the Buccaneers, inside the end zone. But the, the football hit his helmet and he didn't catch it. So then he had one play left and Brady did it, man. It was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, if anybody could, that's him. So now. Well, enjoy the day. Enjoy the week. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Enjoy the move. The move. Yeah, it was, it's just a small thing. It's.